I am so excited about the show we're about ready to watch, listen, and learn from. And the reason why I'm so excited is because Tara Krieg over at AmeriFirst Financial is bringing in her friend, Mark, who is her personal CPA, but man, is he smart. And he's gonna teach us a ton of stuff. If you're thinking about buying or selling a house and you're married or thinking about getting divorced, you need to listen to this show. Welcome to our show and thanks for joining us. This is Grateful Heart, the motivational Arizona real estate and business show. We're here to inspire you to believe in yourself, to dare to dream about your infinite and divine possibilities, to blow open your mind to creating your most abundant reality possible as our thoughts are so powerful. I found turning my own personal grief into gratitude raised my vibration to be in tune for receiving prosperity, health, and connecting to God's source. I'm your host, Rebecca Rains of Integrity All-Stars at Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I have been selling homes here in the Valley since 1993. Today on our program, we have some great guests for you. Live from Phoenix, Arizona, it's the Grateful Heart Show with your host, Rebecca Rains. Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns. I'm your host of Grateful Heart TV. And in studio today, I have my special guest, Tara Krieg of AmeriFirst Financial. Hi, guys. And even specialer guest, she's brought on a friend of hers who's going to join us on Zoom today. And why are we having your friend on today, Tara? Uh, we're talking about residential capital gains. So we just did a lunch and learn for a bunch of our referral partners. And I think the information was so important that I wanted to make sure that our viewers had a chance to hear it, too. Awesome. So... Mark Brooks, are you there? <laughs> there you are. Dun 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 dun. So I heard such fabulous things about the class you taught with Tara that I'm like, Tara, please get your friend, come and educate us because I love educating people, especially when it makes a difference for their financial world. Yeah. What did I just say off um, camera? Do you remember, Mark? Said, you know, your lifestyle kind of sucks if you don't have finances, right? <laughs> yes. That's right. So this is a lifestyle show, but it really is important to me that we talk about financial health as much as possible. Yeah. And having gentlemen on the show like Mark, who can help us figure out maybe when is a good time to sell your house, how much equity you might have and what you should do with it. I want to talk those strategies today. So, Mark, before we get too much into it, I do want to give you a little bit better introduction. You work at the Johnson CPA Group, and you're a tax consultant and a preparer. So you have more than 14 years of experience, but I'm sure there's more stuff that Tara could tell us about you. Yeah, well, Mark oh, yeah. and Johnson CPA Group are Chad and I's personal tax you know, consultants, as uh -huh. well as the people that we go to as the experts for all things taxes. So they've helped a ton of our clients and referral partners. And if I'm trying to properly advise a client, I always consult with them first. So they do a phenomenal job. Well, I will give you kudos because I do believe you understand tax world way better than most LOs, loan officers that she I does. personally know. <laughs> she you. does, does she not? Like Mark, seriously, she, when she starts talking to me about correct. like K-1s and all this other stuff that flies mm -hmm. over my head, I'm like, why, God, thank God for accountants, because <laughs> I don't think I could ever be a CPA, no offense, but I'm glad you could, because you get to help out a lot of her clients. So yeah, that's great. Let's talk about what you taught in your class, Mark. All right. Well, first off, I thank both of you for allowing me to come on and do this today. You know, way back when, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tell you my age, but I got involved <laughs> in taxation. Uh, to take on the challenges in helping individuals and businesses to strategize while implement, implementing the tax code, which is a moving target, especially over the last two or three years. So basically what I like to do is, again, you mentioned a key word to me, is educate. We try to educate all our clients to 
to the best of where they want to be educated at. Some of them want to be, they want to know this much, and some of them want to know this much. So I don't expect them to know the tax code. However, I do expect them to understand what they can write off, when they can write it off, and how to do that. So residential real estate is a prime example. A lot of times we go into a situation where, let's say you've owned your residence and the last in this market right now, you all say, you know what? Everybody's selling because I got so much equity in my house. Is this a great time to sell? Great question. Number one, let's just say, give you an example. Let's say you, you bought your house 10 years ago and you bought it for $100,000. And let's say this past year you looked up and your real estate agent said, hey, you know what? This house is worth $225,000 today. We can go sell it, okay? You're like, wow, okay, cool. That sounds great. Great return on your investment. That's a good positive side of it. But then you say to yourself, the real estate market has gone up for both the buyer as well as the seller. Where are you gonna move? That's the next thing. Mm -hmm. So in that example I just gave you, you might have $125,000 in gains but then when you go look at another piece of property, it could cost you $500,000 okay. or more, mm -hmm. right? Is that a good thing? Well, I don't know, because then you gotta start, here's where we come involved. And this is what we call doing a, um, a projection for our clients. We bring them in and say, okay, you own this house for this much. You're about to sell it for this much. And potentially what could your capital gains, if you have to pay them, what would they be? Well, a good thing is it's called a primary residence exclusion. If you own the home for two, if you own the home for five years, but you've lived in it two of the last five years, you can actually exclude your gain if you're single. That gain is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Okay, so that example I just slow down just a little bit because that's the part. <laughs> I get the phone call from the guy who bought a house a year ago. Yes, and he's made one hundred fifty thousand dollars, and I'm like, dude, have you ever heard of capital gains? And he's like, who oh, is that? And that's when I say, you should talk to your CPA. So can you just rewind that last minute? Because that last minute is the little bit of information that a lot of, especially first time home buyers who've yeah. never owned, they're like capital gains, what the hell are those? Right. So can you explain right. a little bit better what that is? Not just necessarily how much it is for each house, but what is it in fact really? Well, a capital gain, here's where the exclusion comes in, especially when you're at your primary residence. So a capital gain is when you've had something for more than a year and you sell it. If it's your primary residence, you can use that exclusion, meaning that if I'm single, uh, I can exclude up to $250,000. So that example I just gave you, mm -hmm. you purchased the house 400 and you sold it for 225, you have $125,000. Typically you would be paying capital gains on that. But you don't have to because that exclusion. So capital gains are taxes. Correct. Okay. So that's, I mean, that's where I was kind of leading towards is if, if you have to pay capital gain taxes on a piece of real estate, what amount could you look to spend or could you be responsible for paying if, with, if you didn't have an exclusion? Like, let's just pretend there is no exclusion on it. So use that same example for basic math. So this um, homeowner bought the house, let's say it's 100. less than two years, and it's appreciated $125,000. Right. So Mark, if this uh, seller sells today and they don't meet the requirements of exclusion, what kind of tax liability might they be looking at? 
Well, if you don't have the exclusion, that's where if you look at our presentation there, I kind of gave you guys a couple of pages. Go to the income limits on the third page. Mm -hmm. Right? You see there, I have a a, right there, perfect. Long-term capital gains rates. So basically, if you're single, right? Use that same example. If you're single, and let's use that example I gave you where it was $125,000 gain. Yep. Well, if you're single, right, you can exclude up to the first $41,675 at zero rate. So there's no capital gains there. You go down to the next level. Here's where here's where the, the rubber meets the road. That 15%. So you're between $40,676 and $459,750. We're in the middle in of this. Income. So we got that $125,000. So basically you would say is 15% I would have to pay taxes on that $125,000 gain without the exclusion. So is this income that I'm looking at you guys? I'm sorry, you know, I'm, I'm a realtor. I'm not all that bright sometimes and I'm just wanna make fine. sure I understand this. So under single, is that income we're talking about or is that? Yes. Ta- okay, this so is, if this you- This is income. So let's pretend you made 65,000, you'd probably land somewhere in the middle bracket, right? Is that kind of the point? Right. Okay. Um, That's but, the point. but if you don't work, you have zero income or tax liability, then you're not going to have to worry about it. Well, and that makes a difference, right? So if you have somebody that's on a fixed income, if they have alimony, disability income, or if they're a self-employed individual and write off the majority of their income, mm-hmm. then they may be concerned about capital gains, not even knowing how it may impact them. So it's well, really important to know, you know, what tax bracket do you fall in and what might that gain look like? So this is the first time, honestly, hey, Mark, I'm going to bring you back over here. This is the first time, sure. honestly, I've ever had anybody actually explain to me, and I'm not being facetious. How it works. <laughs> yeah, that your well, see, actual income well, see, makes a difference. Yeah. Because I didn't did realize you, that, but I do know that it's a tax that yes. you have to pay when you sell a house unless you meet one of the conditions. Correct. Right. So this is what I was saying earlier in that here's where the education comes in. I often tell people, stay in your lane. Rebecca, your lane is real estate. Yes, it Their is. is it mortgage is. planning. I want right? nothing to do so, with taxes, dude. It's all you. <laughs> so here's here's what you might want to tell your potential either sellers or buyers. <clears throat> if you're selling real estate and it is your primary residence, here's if you don't hear anything else I tell you today, try to make sure you stay in that house at least two years. Yep. If you stay in that house for two years, okay then you don't have to pay any capital gains up to that number i gave you earlier of two hundred and fifty thousand dollars if you're single and if you're married filing joint half a million that number doubles to five hundred thousand yeah that's pretty that's exciting a big, huge number. so this is really interesting and mark i hope you don't mind if i share it i had some really golden some good golden nuggets i took away from this class and one of them was that i found out that rather it's 250 or 500 is based on your tax filing So if you own a piece of real estate and then 10 years later you sell it and you've since married and you and your wife file, married filing jointly, you have a $500,000 exemption on that even though you bought it as a single individual. So you're saying that if you're single and you have more than $250,000, you should go find yourself a spouse real quick? Time out now, wait, 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 wait. Now you're gonna get me in trouble. What I'm saying is, is that I didn't know the determining factor was how they filed their taxes. And I thought that that was so incredible because there's certainly an opportunity. Your marital status at the end of the year will determine how you file your taxes. And now, okay, I just had the oh crap moment, Mark. 
What if you get divorced and you bought it, Mary? Uh-huh. Great question. Well, now guess what? Oh, I don't like this. And, I don't like this and answer. And you file your tax returns as an unmarried person. So you better not file unmarried if you're selling your house that same year as you're going through divorce. And the only reason I bring this up is, unfortunately, the divorce rates did rise during COVID, and I had right. more than one client who divorced and then I sold their house. And I've never made ever that correlation. Thought that hey. You know, you might want to wait to sell or wait, wait to file and sell first, <laughs> because if you file, then who's going to be paying the taxes on that house that you just made 600000 on? That well, could be some pretty complicated stuff. Hate, yeah. Rebecca, that's when you hate to say it, but here's where the planning comes in. See, mm-hmm. look, we don't get along. We hate each other's guts. We're going to get this divorce. But guess what? For this particular tax filing, we're going to go file Mary filing joint sell that house and then split the proceeds accordingly. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes and so I never even thought about usually I get the call after they've already decided to divorce or after they've already filed for divorce or whatever and I've never even thought after my 30 years of experience now I've got something else to put in my toolbox. Right. Like hey, maybe don't go rush to file quite yet. And even if you do, I don't know what the rule is, but you probably do, Mark. It, like do you have to be married for at least half the year? Like depending on how you file, like if you divorced in 2000 check this out hmm. check this out you can go to get married on the 31st of december shut up yes. as long as it's recorded on the 31st of december that's like some mail you order bride stuff right there it's like a child tax credit you can have your child on december 31st and you still get the full amount of the child tax credit okay so seriously that's for correct. anybody watching like i know we didn't even like intend for the conversation to go this direction <laughs> But, I mean, I hate to say it, divorce is pretty common. Well, I work with several divorce attorneys and divorce financial analysts, and I can't begin to tell you how many times I'm bringing in a CPA, I'm bringing in the financial advisor, I'm bringing in the tax preparer, because it makes a huge difference, and they need to take these things into consideration to make an informed decision. Absolutely. So now my my advice will definitely be different. Thank you, Mark. You can go now. We're done. Just kidding. (laughs) She just had her first golden nugget. Yeah, that was a really good golden nugget, though. Seriously, dude. And with that, I want to take a quick commercial break and then we'll come right back. If you're looking for a mortgage, you need a personalized plan, not a click button get mortgage option. My team and I have saved families thousands by proactively planning their home purchase or a refinance. Buying a home is a huge decision and it deserves a strategic approach. My team and I provide a comprehensive mortgage plan, including a complete credit analysis outlining the steps needed to improve your credit score and help you qualify for the best rates and terms in the market. Visit us at tkteam.us today. We'll ensure you get the best guidance so you can make the best decisions. The TK Team, moving you forward. Hi, I'm Rebecca Hidalgo Reigns with Berkshire Hathaway Home Services, and I've been selling homes here in the Valley for over a quarter of a century. I want to say that experience truly matters. So when you're looking for a realtor to help you either buy or sell your biggest purchase of your life, I hope you'll consider using me. My experience doesn't matter near as much as my clients. So I do dare you to Google me and I promise you'll see nothing but fantastic reviews because I really do truly care to help navigate you and your family to the very best experience you'll ever have with buying a home. Whether purchasing a home or refinancing, we know you have choices when it comes to choosing a title company. Navi Title Agency is the leading source for all title, escrow, and marketing needs. 
With access to the largest title insurance underwriter, Navi Title facilitates successful closings and protects clients from fraud. Creating solutions that save time and money for everyone. Ask your realtor or loan officer today about using Navi Title on your next real estate transaction. Navi Title Agency is locally owned and operated in the state of Arizona. So we're back from break, and Mark is dropping all kinds of knowledge on us while we were on break, and he sounds just like an attorney. Why do you sound just like an attorney, Mark? Well, you know, because you got to be careful what you say and how you say it, because legally people want to hold your feet to the fire, hold you to the carpet. So that's why I say a lot of times, it depends. Everybody's situation is different. True. Right? Everybody's situation is different. So what I really need to ask you right now, after we went to break, or during break, yeah, you know, it, I, I, I did. I had the golden nugget popped out of my head, and then I'm like, oh my gosh. So what happens if you have to divorce? Like, just say the other guy is a total douche for whatever reason, and you're like, I cannot stay married to him for one minute longer. And you just married him last month and bought a house last month with this guy, right? And you have to get out. Is there any exceptions to that two-year rule that maybe somebody could hope they could qualify for? Like, are there any exceptions yeah. at all? Yes, there are exceptions, but divorce isn't one of them. Let me give you a few of the exceptions. Okay. okay. So to, to get rid of the exclusion, some of the exceptions are loss of employment. Let's just say uh, you both are working and all of a sudden your spouse lost his job or her job. Mm-hmm. That's one of the exceptions. Okay. Uh, health reasons. Let's say somebody got sick in the family or you had to take in an elderly mom or a stepmom. Okay. Right. Uh, Something's causing you to relocate. Maybe your job is causing you to relocate. Oh, mental health is causing you to relocate. Physical health is causing. You so to relocation relocate. is actually something that commonly happens. And I could think of one client last year who thinks she has to pay capital gains, but they were forced to move. So what do you? What's the burden of proof for something like that? Well, well, depending on the relocation. In other words, let's say um, you chose to relocate. Becky, because you decided that, you know what, you didn't like Florida no more. You want to go move to Arizona. Well, that's not. But it may be military kind of thing or something where you're forced. It could be military. Job change. It could be something, something, job change. It could be something that forces you out of the norm. Okay. So your norm is I have this job here and I'm doing very well at it. And all of a sudden I have to go move because my job is relocating me to another state. Okay. So if it's a forced thing, but not an elective thing. Yeah. Correct. Um, house, house is too small. Let's say all of a sudden you guys decided to have children and now you lived in this I, you know, I, one I, bedroom house. Yeah. I was old mother and, Hubbard and with her 10 little kids <laughs> yes. kind of thing. All of a sudden I adopted a bunch of children. Gotcha. I always right. think, Mark, about like two people who meet each other, get engaged and combine two households of families into one. Would that be considered an exception? Yes, that's an exception because your house is now too big. So I remember when you had a whole bunch of babies running around. Yes, I did. (laughs) Now I only have one. Um, So, okay, so that's good news, though. That's exciting. I had no idea there were exceptions. So two good nuggets. All right, you're really not done yet, Mark, but seriously, dude. You told me I was done. I know, I was just kidding. Go have lunch. (laughs) Um, But here's a strategy. Let's say, use Terry's example. You got two people got engaged. Now, let's say they both own their house. Yep. They have a house separately, right? And you come together. Now, what happens? You just what increased you your did... capital gains by a whole bunch. <laughs> well, you doubled it, right? Well, the, but you have two houses now. So that's kind of a problem. You have two houses now. And he's going to touch but on you this. You can only have this. one. 
one let's let's say you one every two years one house the last five was in arizona mm-hmm. the second house is in oregon okay 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 your primary residence is in arizona oh no your primary residence is in oregon okay but arizona is the real estate market's booming and you decide hey we want to go sell our house here and keep the one up in oregon okay well you can sell the house in arizona now let's say your spouse actually lived in that house for three years you just moved in do you still get the exclusion as long as you're legally married as long as you're legally married now mark i want to use another example so do you just double up on your capital gain exclusions then when two people with homes already so you can't sell both houses that's what i was going to touch on because this is where people can only sell one primary residence every two years for that reason Mm -hmm. so you cannot and this happened with chad and i so i'm going to use my own personal (laughs) example so Mark mentioned two out of the last five years. A strategy that homeowners oftentimes will take advantage of is they've lived in it for two years, they buy a new primary, and they want to rent it for up to three more years and mm-hmm. still avoid the full capital gains. So both of him and I did that. And as he, you know, you both mentioned, I feel like I'm pretty well versed on the tax code. Well, this one got me. So him and I both rented our houses, and then the th- we were coming up on the three years, and we sold them. I sold mine, and he sold his. Well, we went to file, and Mark's like, you can only do one. And I said, oh, no, 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 no. We each bought those house as non-married individuals. Oh, no, 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 no. And we equally resided them for two years. And he said, no, you sold a house. And then Chad sold a house. And year over year, you can't take those exemptions. So I'm just warning so you. So had you done it different, could you guys had sold them if you maybe had sold one right when you got together? Oh yeah, we just needed two years in between the sales, not year over year. So so it's not uncommon though for two people to get engaged, Mm -hmm. they get married, they buy a primary home and they each sell their house. And they both sell their house within the same tax year. And now all of a sudden one of them loses the right to exclude their capital gains, which could be a real problem. That sucks. So they should have waited to get married or at least sold, could could they have sold one before they got married and then the other one that, after? That was, that's I was just exactly going to right. that. Yes. Okay. That's where the planning, Becky, that's where the planning comes involved. Where you you, you yeah. get with us prior to doing things. What we see a lot of times, and you probably see this too, yeah. don't talk to me after you've already done something. Hindsight's it's 2020. <laughs> well, now you learned the hard way, so you're going to make sure any client you get in the future that is talking about getting married, you're going to be like, oh, no, 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 no. Don't oh, you mess this poor up. poor Mark. I mean, I really was like, that's absolutely unacceptable. Find a different answer for me. <laughs> find me so the he did loophole, not, Mark. He did not find you the loophole. He found me. Yeah, we're good. We're You're good. good. Yeah. So he did we're find good. you loophole. Yeah, He's so amazing. So was it one of those exceptions? Is that what you got? Did you guys use one of those exceptions? <sighs> Something like that. Yep. Okay. So Mark, you figured out an exception. So, that, so that's good because I didn't know, A, about the exceptions. I didn't know about the whole marriage thing. So that's really interesting about being careful for planning for both divorce and marriage. Oh, 100%. And even now, here's, removing here's, people here's, from time. Here's another one for you. What? Check this one out. All right, let's hear it. Tara, Tara mentioned it. Let's say you have this house, <clears throat> you live in it one year, you go rent it out for three years, you turn around and move back into it in the fourth year. Two of the last right? five. I know where you're going and with this. You, so, so you lived in this house two of the last five mm-hmm. years. You too can exclude this gain, but however, you just took a primary residence, which was was primary, residential, made it rental, and made it back primary. Right. So then you have an investment property. So what happens now is when you rented it out, you did what called depreci- you depreciated the property. 
Mm-hmm. In other words, you brought the you, you took a the tax deduction. Yeah. Yep. Now you have to bring that depreciation back. It's called depreciation recapture. That now becomes income. You don't have to pay on the capital gains, but you have to pay on the income over five hundred thousand. But you have to pay on the depreciation you use while it was around. And a lot of people don't realize the recapture portion. So is that a, a really significant amount? Like, let's just use a house that's worth two hundred thousand, for example. You know, just something. You know, like it was your first home, and you decided to keep it as a rental for a while before you chose to buy to sell it. Uh-huh. Right. But just so you know, you you, you depreciated over twenty-seven and a half years. So and you're two hundred thousand dollars. So you take the value of somebody. Okay. Yeah. So it's a pretty small number if it, if you catch it within a couple of years. Yeah. Right. right. So it's not significant. That's good to know. All right. So Mark, I don't. However, wanna... what? Oh, you got right. a, you got a caveat to that, huh? <laughs> the key to it is, let's say you lived in it the one year, you rented it out for the three years, you moved back into it the last year, but then you say, you know what? We like this house. I think we're going to keep it. And here comes your 15-year-old kid. Now they're getting up in age, and you're like, you know what? You're leaving out of the house. We got this investment property over here. Why don't you pay us rent and go move into that? Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you know what? We're just going to gift the house to you. Basically, just going to give it to him. Bad move. I'm going to tell you why. Let's say, let's go back to our original example where that house you purchased it was $100,000. $100, yeah. Mm-hmm. It's worth well, two twenty-five now. That that basis for the your kids who are about to take over that property, their basis is now your basis, which was $100,000. If they turned around and sold it. They'd pay taxes on the whole entire thing. Which could have been avoided had the parents just sold it to them at fair market value to re- to reset their cost basis. Either, so she just, stole your th- she just stole your thunder, Mark. Well, no, and he has another did. solution too. Go ahead, Mark. I got another solution. <laughs> okay, let's hear it. However, what you could also do is say, you know what, you, we're going to make that, in, turn it back into the rental. We're going to put the house into a, a will or a trust, make them the beneficiaries. And when mom and dad pass away, the house becomes theirs. Guess what happens then? If then it's in the trust, the they don't the have to mom, tax. It resets their cost the, basis at the time it, of their It passing. resets the basis. Now you get what's called a step-up in basis. So at the date of the last person dying, whatever that property value is then, let's say it's worth 240 now when they die. Mm-hmm. That becomes the new basis of the for the, the tax uh, consequence going forward. And a lot of parents make mistakes with that. They add their kids to title, thinking that that mm-hmm. is the right thing to do, not realizing that now they already have ownership interest in the property and that they're not going to no get the reset. There's no need for it as long as they have the trust. Yes, but they have to have the trust, and not everybody does. Correct. Oh, if you guys listen. If you own a home, you Get a need trust. a trust. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I did do right. a show. Everybody knows I did do a show on trust, and I love my trust guy because I finally got my act together and got all my stuff in a trust. And Good it's, job. You know, definitely, you know, as soon as you have anything worth saving, you got to figure out how to save it. Well, and a lot of people, Rebecca, think that a will is going to avoid probate, and that's all they need. And that's Mm -hmm. just simply not true. So if you think that you're covered because you have a will, I would really encourage you to talk to with an estate planning attorney and get clarification on that. Right. I agree. I agree. Um, All right. I'm going to scroll through here real quick and just make sure there wasn't anything you two wanted to talk about that we haven't talked about if two you, of the last five if you years noticed, mm-hmm. gift to children if you noticed i probably hit all these as we were talking i think you did kind of interesting um i talked about two of the last five years gifting a house to children mm-hmm. talked about the strategy putting it in a will or a trust make the children beneficiary talked about the step up in basis talked about primary residence can only be sold every two years um 
We talked about being a primary residence, a rental, and then turning it back into another primary residence. We talked about that. Um, What's the CGR one of the things and you can do? and IIT? What's that? Net investment income tax. Mm. What happens is once your income, if you are single um, and you made more than $200,000 in what they call adjusted gross income, but just think if you already have a capital gain that's two hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Well, guess what you qualify for now? Now, now you got this net investment income tax, which is another three point eight percent tax on so top. So you're of basically your higher rates. your wages, the higher the penalty. That's always awesome. You got to yeah. love being rewarded for working hard, <laughs> right? Um, all right, so that's what that is. Um, limit capital gains. Keep track of improvements. Let's talk about that because I know a lot of times. Um, oops, the clients that we have. Oops, I lost you again, Mark. Won't keep receipts right and you know what i have all my receipts from my house i'm selling today somewhere in a filing cabinet that i that i dumped the filing cabinet so i think they're in a box somewhere yeah i'd hate to have to recreate it if i ever was audited knocking on wood anywhere i can find wood in here right um so you you need to keep receipts because i have a feeling where you're going with that is maybe your appreciation was 600 or 700 000 and you're a married couple yeah now you got it here we go all so, right let's talk about good it good example so Here's what we do. I tell people from the day you purchased the house to the day you sold it, you should have, especially when you do major improvements, like maybe you put a pool in, mm -hmm. maybe you had to change the windows, you did some window treatments. You know how you ladies all of a sudden. Yeah, you know, we want our bathrooms years, and kitchens looking awesome. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right. So then you decide to go change everything up. And now, but I'm not trying to be funny, but you you hired somebody who did this for cash and didn't really give you a receipt, but you know, you got a great deal on it. Here's what can happen. You're going to take one of my nuggets back when I tell you this. Uh-uh. Let's just I don't say. Like it. I don't like where you're going with this. <laughs> Let's just say all your improvements cost you 50 grand. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you have no receipts for that 50 grand. Okay. However, you know, you spent that 50 grand. Now, here's where you can, this is what we call getting aggressive with the tax code, but you can't get suicidal and stupid. Okay, we don't what want I to mean do that. By that is, mm -hmm. What I mean by that is, understand that whatever you give me, or whatever you give your CPA for your backup, if you write it down on a sheet of paper, if you type it out, I tell you, I don't need to see receipts. But if you ever got audited, then it's you up to you receipts. to prove it. Yeah. Right. So keep a good Excel spreadsheet. Oh, I had the best Excel yes. spread spreadsheet and then my computer crashed and I didn't back it up. So I'm hoping, I still have that old computer and I'm hoping worst case if I ever get audited, I can take it down to data doctors and they can <laughs> revive that baby. So everything comes out of my spreadsheet. Cause I actually spent $150,000 on my house. Oh, easily. Yeah, between yeah. my kitchen and bathroom and my backyard. And it was at least 150, probably more. And um, when we sell our house, hopefully somewhere in the nines, we bought ours for 350. Right. So I'm married, so that gets us to 850. So anything above 850, You're gonna I need, need to, prove to prove that you that did I those spent. improvements. I mean, and, and you know I did, because it was a new build construction, it was a dirt lot. I mean, right. think it'd be pretty easy to prove, but obviously still the burden of proof is on me, Mark. Well, and I think the photos, right? Like for, I always tell families, I said, listen, you, you should have photos of your before and after, you know, yeah, of, of what you've done. Well, yeah. would photos actually help in an audit? No, photos to me, I hate to say this. Sorry, Terry, there you go. Are like, <laughs> photos are like uh, 
a bank receipt. I mean, uh, a bank statement. You know, it says, oh, I went to Lowe's and I bought, you know, $20,000 worth of supplies. But you actually need to see it coming out of your bank account. Not only not only seeing it coming out of your bank account, but you have to show a receipt because you could have gone to Lowe's and you could have bought 15 toilets and turned around and went out down the street and sold them all. Oh, Nobody knows what you what I that see what you're is. saying. So he needs to see on the receipt exactly what you bought in order to give you that credit. So if you really right. went to Lowe's and you bought like, I don't know, um, washer, dryer, refrigerator for an investment property, not your primary, but you're trying to say it's for your primary, I, I'm sure people do that stuff all the time because, you know, nobody even wants to pay taxes. Kind of. How have many to. people what? do you think keep their books well enough to really truly oh. in the in the in an audit be able to provide so, everything that would be required? So I hate to admit this, I made a bad choice. I didn't use Mark many many years ago, uh -huh. and I got audited um, three years in a row. Oh, and it was so painful. It was during the downturn. And I used an attorney that was really good on like speaking about short sales and foreclosure liabilities, but I don't know how good of actually accountants and bookkeepers and CPAs they yeah. really were. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, so I, do. I think he was what did what what did you just say a little bit ago about like where you push the tax code and then you commit suicide? I think my don't, I think my you, old you could be aggressive with the tax code, but don't get suicidal. Yeah, so I think I had a CPA who was a little suicidal. Uh, and that's dangerous. And it was super, and I didn't know yeah. until I got audited. And then when they sent me the audit paperwork for the first year, then, oh, guess what? A love letter comes in for the following year. And then, oh, they oh, yeah. want another year. You opened the can of worms. And it opened a can of worms. Yeah. And that's it right. cost me so much money and so much pain. So that's when I yeah. did buy my house. I was very disciplined about my Excel spreadsheet. Keeping it And documented. I did keep the receipts to support it. Yeah. But now those receipts are all in this huge box somewhere and in storage. And then, but guess what? Now the ink's gone off the receipts because now that you know it's the ink years old. Last forever. Yeah. And there, there have been some cases where people have had receipts and they, they've actually gone back and wrote, okay, this is because you can't the receipt can't now is just a blank it. sheet of paper. That is so scary. It so, is so scary. So then, Mark, I think the the best solution then, because like I thought I was kind of diligent because of being audited, so I kind of had an idea. Scan, of scan everything in. Take that's where I was about to go with. And back it up. And now there's software today that people can get that's really easy. If you just scan it, I think it actually reads it and will even do like your QuickBooks for you. So with the technology Take a with today, your phone. that is like the silliest and easiest way to never lose the ink, right? So I'm going to make That's that good. my big my big takeaway from today is making sure you're scanning or taking pictures of any receipt that has anything to do with doing your house. And if you want to be cheap and pay that landscaper in cash, don't expect to be able to write it off later. Right. Or have them give you a receipt. Well, actually, what you do is <clears throat> the opposite of that. You pay the guy cash. Nobody knows. It, it doesn't matter. You go out to Staples Office Max and you put on there, hey, I pay john brown you know fifteen thousand dollars to redo my pat my, my patio and had john brown sign it guess what it's That's a receipt. receipt your receipt yeah perfect but then the irs goes after john brown so john brown may not want to sign that <laughs> so you know whatever i guess you'll cross that bridge depending on whether he's paying his income taxes or not hopefully you won't have to cross that bridge <laughs> hopefully never well and i and i do I, I do know and love the cpi i use today who i went to high school with and so i feel pretty good that he's not going to put me in, a, in the suicidal Same boat situation. again yeah 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 because i definitely making sure that you go with people 
that, that you, you can trust. trust. That's 100% that what it trust. is. That you can trust. My dad's brothers all used the same CPA for years and said to my dad, oh, I'll get you all your money back. They didn't do it. And then the IRS ended up arresting him and they went back and then audited every one of those uncles and all of them had penalties and uh, payments that had to be made back to the IRS years later. Well, so I if it sounds too good to be true, it probably, it probably is. is. And I actually think I got audited not because of anything that I did, but I think because it was that same situation where, where they were going after him. Yes. And so everybody that probably he had helped. Taken care of. Taken care of. Um, didn't really do a great job taking care of. So. All right, guys, we are in the last of our show. Mm -hmm. I had a wonderful takeaway just now, making sure, because, yeah, after 10 years, your receipts do fade. Yeah. And scanners today, there's no reason everybody, when they buy a house, shouldn't be literally scanning every receipt from yes. Home Depot and everywhere else they go and just keep it in the file. Why not? Just keep it and yep. then save it. It's not the end of the world. It won't be so hard. So I'm going to actually yeah. tell, tell my client who's closing escrow today, she better watch the show. Because in 10 years when she wants me to sell her house yes. and she's still single, if she is still single, this will be a great way for her to mitigate. And call your client who got relocated yes. that thought they'd be subject to capital gains and see if they are what they end up the doing. exemption. Yeah. yeah, because I know that was work-related, so I'm going to actually reach out to them. I know exactly who I'm thinking of right now. Thank you, Mark. You're awesome. Is there, Thank you, Mark. Is there any other last word of advice or wisdom you want to share with our audience? Yes, here's what I want to do. If you look on the bottom of each one of the pages that I sent out, uh -huh. my office line is on there, plus my email line is on. There. Okay. So if you find a client that has a question or two, if I can answer the question without going into any research, because you're friends with Tara, you do business with her, Thank I'll answer you. those questions, no, no fee. Now, if it comes a consultation, then we'll talk about the rates later and go into that as we need to. Thank you, Mark. I'll make sure everybody knows how to get a hold of you. Thank you, Mark. And uh, thank you, of Tara, course. for bringing him on yes. today. I love it. I love learning good new stuff that saves me money. <laughs> Keep it up. There you go. Wow, am I super impressed. I learned so much good stuff from Mark over there at the Johnson CPA Group. And he even offered, if you have any questions about your situation, it could be answered via email or on the phone pretty simply. He won't even charge you. Just reach out to me, Rebecca Rains at Integrity All-Star Realty and or you can call him direct at 480-895-0882. Mention my name, Rebecca Rains from Grateful Heart or you can email him at mark at johnsoncpa.group. That's mark at johnsoncpa.group. Hit him up if you need some advice. Don't make an expensive mistake you could have avoided. What a great show, and thank you for joining us on our mutual journey to becoming unharmable and successful in all of our experiences while we're here in this school of life. We hope you enjoyed it. If you watched us on YouTube, please like and subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Likewise, if you're catching us on one of our podcast platforms, be sure to follow us so you never miss out on another one of our shows again. Remember that if you ever have a question about real estate or any of the other topics we cover, Check us out on the web, www.gratefulheart.tv, for all of our links to connect with us. I'm on vacation every single day because I love my occupation. I'm on vacation every single day, every single day.